warning, all accused are deemed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. You know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. We got back to the apartment. There was no food. And so I went out to Walgreens thinking that they were 24 hours and to have a smoke. A detective determined that was a lie. So I called him up and I said, hey, I'm going to run to Subway, which was across the street. And I'm going to get a salad. Do you want anything? I went to the Subway and got the order. During that time, I texted my manager thinking that he was still in Australia because he was on an Australian tour with one of his other clients. And I said, yo, call me when you can. He called me immediately. And while he was on the phone, I uh, heard, as I was crossing the intersection, I heard Empire. And I don't answer to Empire. <laughs> my name ain't Empire. Uh, and I didn't answer. I kept walking and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, did you just say to me, I mean, I see the uh, attacker uh, masked and he said, this MAGA country. And I said, I was just jumped. And I then I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck. Subway is open 24 hours. Like, people kill me when they say things like that because it's like Subway is open 24 hours for a reason. Man, I ain't never seen no 24-hour Subway, man. He tripping. If I had said it was a Muslim or a Mexican or someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot much more. What's going on, everybody? We are back once again, episode 25 of your favorite podcast, The Brothers-in-Law. Uh, this is, as always, your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm here with the world's foremost legal humorist, Sean Carter. What's going on, man? I'm doing much better than you, brother, because uh, my name isn't close to Jesse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <there> no, <laughs> no S in my name, so I'm feeling good these days. Okay, uh, okay. Let's not get to that, though. <laughs> hey, man, so as a, as a Carolinian, uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and brag about how last night was a night of the night. Not a doubt of doubt. Go ahead. Well, for those who who uh, don't have the luxury of living in God's country, <laughs> aka North Carolina, uh, <laughs> last night was the Battle of the Blues. The Battle of the Blues is the Duke Blue Devils versus the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill Tar Heels. And uh, we had some interesting developments, but uh, the Tar Heels came out with a pretty impressive victory. Now, I, being a Tar Heel fan, yet a Duke employee, uh, will acknowledge that I am a fan of both schools, but I have grown up as a Tar Heel fan. So it does my heart justice to see the Tar Heels win. What I did not uh, appreciate seeing was this all-star caliber talent, Zion Williamson, playing for Duke, go down in the first 
30 seconds of the game after his shoe basically decided that it wasn't going to work anymore and exploded underneath his foot, uh, causing him to get like a great A, a high knee sprain uh, and putting his future in jeopardy with the NBA. And uh, that's a little scary because I want that man to get his money. I, I want him to get his money too. I tell you who we need to sue. He need to sue that four year old boy in Cambodia who made the shoe. All right, that's the problem. Is you can't trust the damn Cambodians making shoes. That's the problem. <laughs> I gotta tell you, we want to talk about this for a second because this is bothersome to me on a couple of levels. But you know, he's wearing that shoe not because he went and picked it out at Foot Locker. Right. But because somebody's paying the school about $3 million a year to break his knee. All right. right. So right. on the one hand, it's like, wait a minute, you got to be kidding me. So not only is he playing for free, selling out the arena, getting, you know, Obama in, in the house. Right. But then in addition to $2,500 tickets, he getting the school three, $4 million to, like I said, to break his knee with some cheap shoes. And I say, Liz, if you're going to, you know, pimp the dude out for some shoes, at least get them made in Germany, right? Where they make Mercedes <laughs> or Mexico, wherever they make the Mercedes these days. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this progresses because I'm sure, uh, his parents are going to have some serious concerns about whether or not he's going to be touching that court again uh, without having a contract and a massive amount of money. And uh, they don't want to risk, you know, he's, I mean, I don't even think there's competition for the first round pick of the NBA draft. This is pretty much a sure thing. The New York Knicks are waiting with bated breath uh, to, <laughs> to make sure that they are in line to get Zion Williams and change their franchise. You know, exactly. Now, on the other hand, maybe to avoid going to New York, we might need to check this because, you know, you can't trust brothers these days. <laughs> maybe he cut his own shoe beforehand or hire some Nigerians to do it because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I wouldn't go to New York either. All right. I might be willing to cut my shoe and break my knee uh, to avoid having to spend uh, my first few years in New York. So maybe we have to look at We need to have the Chicago PD look into this. That's what we need to do. They certainly ain't serving no murders. So anyway, we'll get to that later. You can tell I'm a little salty. Um, the other thing, though, like you said, you know, I think there were some good, you know, some NBA players, like you said, who were like, hey, this brother doesn't need to go anywhere near Duke again. And I don't blame him. All right. I wouldn't go near Duke, the king, the queen, the jack of spades, the six of clubs. That's actually, I'm wrong. That's all I would be doing is I'd be playing spades for the next 300 days. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, the, the college basketball game is changing generally, but what a lot of people are shocked to find out is that NBA players still tune in to the college basketball games. And right. so a lot of NBA players were on social media last night uh, after Zion Williamson's shoe incident. And they pretty much expressed their sentiments about Zion Williams not needing to play one other game in college at all um, <clears throat> just because they don't want – nobody wants to see him lose. And I'm a Carolina fan saying this. I don't want to see him miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime to go play in the NBA. Uh, trying to mess around with the NCAA, who we already know is getting over on brothers in football, getting over on brothers in basketball, making money hand over fist, talking about, oh, it's too controversial to pay students. We <laughs> Like – I, I, you know, and this is what's crazy to me. So 
Durham, North Carolina, for those who aren't familiar, it's not a big city. It's it's really a small town. Uh, it's growing, but it's still kind of small. But this game attracts people from around the world. Like this is the game that people come. This is our all-star game, even though we had all-star weekend in Charlotte too. But this is our all-star <laughs> game, right? So we had President Obama in the house front row. Absolutely. We got Spike Lee in the house. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Jay-Z in the house. We had uh, Ninth One. Everybody's coming. And they're not coming to see Jack White throw three-point shots. They're not going to see that. <laughs> right. They're coming to see Zion Williamson. So I know Obama felt some kind of way when he realized Zion Williamson wasn't going to be playing that night. And the game still turned out well. Luke May for Carolina still ended up being a beast inside, of course, because Zion Williamson's not there. So who's going to stop him? Uh, so – uh, we're looking forward to the March 9th uh, rematch. Um, I still am not very optimistic that Zion will play because if I was his attorney or his parent, <laughs> the, the message right now would be secure the bag, forget about college. Uh, <laughs> Let me just say this, Mike Chesky, if you out there and Zion happen to have a daddy in the home, uh, you might want to take a vacation. Uh, <laughs> that was my baby that you almost jeopardized his $100 million with. And by the way, you ain't paid him nothing, but you get nine million a year, right? You ain't made a jump shot since 1935. Uh, I'm coming looking for you. All right. I'm just telling you that now. I don't even know the boy, but if I find out I'm related to him, and I got family in Henderson, North Carolina. Well, let me find out I'm related to the boy. I'm going to come after you. All right, Mike. So you might just want to, you know, be looking over your shoulder. Um, and, and, and Julie, you know, it's just, you know, exploitation everywhere um, for the brothers, but that's okay because you know who's going to fix this? President Cory Booker. President Cory. <laughs> Pharmaceutical Booker. See, <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. Put some respect on it. It's, it's President <laughs> Booker. President Booker. Okay. All See, right. You well, can't even say it. Say it practically three times. President Booker. <laughs> See, you can't say it once. All right, what about President Harris? I mean that 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 fits a little bit better. You know, I have to see where her stance on criminal justice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, this the thing that's hilarious is we didn't even know Obama's name in two thousand and seven. All right, we were calling him Obama, and we still knew we were going to vote for Obama. Right. As soon as I saw the brother, all right, I knew I, I didn't have to. <laughs> he didn't have to be in the right party. All right, we were gonna vote for some Obama. All right, because that, that, that's you know, find out he was biracial. We didn't care. He could have been, you know, <laughs> long as he had the one drop rule, we were gonna get a black president, right? Right. Absolutely. All right, but she would have taken Rachel dollars all if we could have got her right back then. <laughs> but now we got you know Kamala Harris is talking about smoking weed and listening to Tupac and still ain't black enough for us. Yeah, but even that doesn't make sense because she was talking about she was doing that in college and Tupac hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> you know, they took it out of context. She, 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 <laughs> and, and here's the thing is, Cory Booker, he's so black, he's not even dating a sister. You know how that's a black man, there, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, See, you know, think about it. Cory Booker, by the way, it was 40, 50 years old and ain't never been. He's still out there in the club as a player, player. 
All right, you yeah, don't get yeah. no black guy. Now he probably got a crown royal bag in his back pocket right now. <laughs> he can't get no love. And, and, well, and we talked about this earlier. So what's your theory as to why black people? It's not that we, you know, we just haven't gotten. You know, you think we'd we'd coalesced around somebody? We, we we're still holding out for 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 the one. Well, you know, th- this is this is what I'll say. I think that. Barack Obama uh, was coming at a time where people were feeling a certain type of way about the federal government and about the way big business and, and big moneyed interests were getting over. He was saying all the right things. He was, we felt like he's one of us. He's married to a sister. We was like, by any means, we got to get this man in right. and hope is he's going to fix America. Now, okay. once he got in and he started the work of fixing America, one of the things that we started thinking and this is probably wrong on our part, was that he was going to also fix black America. (laughs) And we just assumed that that was implied in in him getting the job. Uh, And, you know, one of the things I spent a lot of time, you know, arguing with people about, especially during the second term was, well, you know, when you're the president of the United States, it doesn't really work like that. It's not like he's the president of NAACP, like he's the president of the United States. So, you know, some people were like, yeah, I understand. Other people were like, nah, bump that next time that I vote. For somebody, okay. I want to make sure that they're going to be for us. But then yeah. Trump won, right? right. So, so like, Trump won, and Trump is so wildly popular amongst people who will never tell you that they voted for Trump. They'll tell you, oh, Trump is horrible, and yeah, they'll organize marches and rallies. But as soon as they get in that booth by themselves, they hit that Trump button. So we know that Trump has a, a popular appeal. And that standards for becoming president have basically gone out the window. So at this point, I think what people are looking for, much like what I'm looking for, is somebody who's going to win. (laughs) We want somebody who's going to be just as popular. Now, if Michelle was trying to run, Michelle Obama, shout out to you. If you, you know, are reconsidering, you know, (laughs) this now is the time you would win this easy. Let me tell you, but let's get that out of our mind. My wife last week went to see my and my mother went to see uh, Michelle Obama here. She was at a book signing event. Now I I've done book signing events. I wrote a book way back in the day, and I did a book signing event in the, somewhere in Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I remember there were about oh eight people, and I was proud that eight people actually come out in Iowa because I wouldn't have come out to see me. All right. Um, Michelle <laughs> Obama did not sign the books, uh, but she had an event here in Phoenix, about 3,000 um, people at the arena. The tickets um, were about a hundred and something bucks a person. Uh, you Ooh. do the math. We're talking about about three, I imagine they probably cleared about $3 million. Um, if, if you, if I'm making $3 million a night, um, you think I'm going to take a job for $400,000 a year where people are going to be yelling at me? And by the way, her approval rating inside that building was 99.98. Do <laughs> you think she's going to trade that for 52% approval rating? All right. Well, Michelle Obama is not going to. Now, you, maybe you can talk Cardi B into doing it. All right. But Michelle uh, ain't going to do it. Well, you know, I like Cardi B, but I, I, I don't know if I like her enough to be president now. I'm not, I think that's a little bit. It's a little extreme. No, fair know. enough. All right. So, so we're going to have to, I think, as black people get, get past the idea. Now, let me ask you this, because one thing we never talk about is like Maxine Waters. And she doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be interested in running either. Is she somebody we can get excited about? 
I mean, I think black people would definitely be excited about Maxine Waters, but I also think <laughs> that uh, <laughs> if you if you're trying to get a coalition of people from all walks of life to support anti Maxine going into the White House, good luck to you. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think part of our problem though is this, that we're always trying to, as Democrats, find the person that we think that racist white people will vote for. And we're always okay. going for, quote unquote, the working class white folks. Right. I saw the numbers recently sometimes. The last time that the working class white folks, you know, the ones that Bill Clinton was shooting for, Obama, everybody's been shooting for, um, voted with the Democratic Party was 1964. And that's mm-hmm. before the Democrats messed up and signed the Civil Rights Act which then, of course, ruined them and made all those people become Republican. So in other words, the working class white people have voted with black people since never. (laughs) We always try to, and here's the bottom line is, is that Democrats can say what they want, but what determines this election is whether you can get my ashy black ass out to the polls. Okay. (laughs) Okay. The reason Obama won was not because he got more white votes. All right. And matter of fact, here's the funny thing is Obama actually, all right, got less a percentage of the white vote than Hillary did. What made mm. Obama win was the fact that he got all the black vote and black people came out. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so if you want to win as Democrats, say it with me, Jesse, get Sean's bashy black ass out to the poll. <laughs> And, right, and, and, and that's why I'm with you, so I, so I, you know, get, get my ankles done. But you, you're not, you're not going to win without getting some black people excited. And right now, we're looking at the two blackest people, like, eh, eh, who else you got? It's, but you know, and and this is what I'll say: it's still early, it's right? Early. So we're still way, way out. And I think primaries are going to come, and caucuses are going to come, and we'll start seeing who really performs well under the spotlight. So I think if if Kamala Harris is still around by this time next year and she's building momentum, I think we come around because black okay. people, as All much right. as we want to be hard on our people, we we come around because it's one of those things where it's like, I can't see personally, sisters especially, seeing a sister running for office and being like, nope, vote for Bernie. Like, I can't. <laughs> I, well, no, I, I hope that's true. But what I'm afraid is going to happen is that, you know, the, the Democratic Party will start, you know, pushing the levers or whatever. They'll try to get behind someone like, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand, right? Mm. Or, um, you know, um, whoever, you know, you know, one of these, you know, moderate, right, people and, and think that black people are going to be like, oh, yeah, because I can tell you what, I know this. All right. Sisters had a hard time. You know, they did it, but they held their nose to come out for Hillary. Uh, but we got a few Hillary's, uh, but we ain't got no Kirsten's. All right. No uh, they're not coming out for Kirsten, uh, Gillibrand. Yep. And I, and I don't think the Native American people are coming out for, um, Elizabeth Warren anymore. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think she blew that. <laughs> she, she be all right. And, you know, and, you know, and, and if you lose Native American vote, you probably be all right. Uh, you probably be, <laughs> but the, you know, the black vote, they gotta, they, they gotta keep. And, and so we'll see. Hopefully you're absolutely right about that. Now, hopefully, by the way, we'll still be talking about these people as, as viable candidates, uh, assuming they don't get scurred and run off because, uh, it looked like that, that some fool in the Coast Guard, uh, don't want no black people running. Oh, you saw how Chris uh, 
Chris Hansen, not not to be confused with Chris Hansen, who <laughs> I love because he's catching predators. This is well, Chris you know, Hansen. He catches his own predators now in jail for some tax stuff. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, that's sad. a different type of predator. Um, but no, no you, you, you're right. So, so, so this Coast Guard guy, and, and tell me the whole story because I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out. So from what I've been reading, it looks like that there was a guy who basically made a hit list okay. and had been exhibiting some signs and making some statements to some colleagues about, you know, possibly wanting to kill millions of people. <laughs> at time. And, you know, I think it was one of those things that nobody really at first didn't really take seriously. But then there was a search done uh, of his home and he had right. been stockpiling weapons. And then, of course, they found the list of people uh, whom he is. Uh, apparently considering getting rid of. And we have the list exclusively available to us here at Brothers of Law. Uh, you may be shocked by some of these names, but I want to kind of go down the list here. Um, Chris Hayes is is the first. Yeah, we've yep. got Na- Nancy Pelosi. Uh, we've got Ari Melber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ari Melber, by the way, and Chris Hayes is an MSNBC host. He also had uh, Joe Scarborough. Um, right. morning, morning, Joe. Morning, Joe. Uh, so apparently, uh, he he likes Fox. Yes, uh, Don Lemon. <laughs> Don Lemon, because Don Lemon is obviously standing in the way of progress. Apparently, fair uh, enough. Uh, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris both on the list. Uh, shocker that uh, a white domestic terrorist <laughs> wants to kill you know important black people trying to run for president. He didn't just stop uh, there though. Remember, he also went far, far. He went down to Maxine Waters. Yep. Sheila Jackson, the sister from Texas. Yep. Ihan Omar, uh, yep. for the the Muslim sister. She just from, got there. I know she exactly. <laughs> she didn't even get time to you know get get a prayer rug out, and he already yep. wanted want 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 to get rid of her. I know the fact that by the way, oh, and we forgot, of course, the most important person. If you're going. You know, really decimate the black community. You got to take out Van Jones. Van Jones, <laughs> because we listen to what Van had to say. Absolutely, Van's, Absolutely. Van's kids when we listen to what Van had to say. I don't know why he <laughs> he wasting his he wasting time there. Um, but you can see it. This is crazy. And this, by the way, this story about this guy Hassan. Um, Hassan is not even a household name now. Right. Um, and he was stockpiling. There's a picture here of the number of guns he had. Uh, and let's say it was more than two. Because here's <laughs> what always gets me. How you going to shoot? And he got here about, um, let's see. Wow. I'm looking at, uh, if I count correctly, seven handguns, uh, five rifles, three automatic weapons, four automatic weapons, uh, big rounds of ammunition. But, but the other thing about it is you got 14 guns, but you only got two hands. So, so, so who, who, what you, you gonna shoot with your toes to? Oh, how you gonna use 14 guns? Uh. Because my understanding is if you shoot a gun and you run out all the bullets, it doesn't, uh, the gun will still work if you load it again, right? So, like, what is he, I don't even get why, you, you know, he has so many guns, but he, he you know, he was going to, you know, handle hit business. Um, and, uh, and he might still because he got a pretty good lawyer. I mean, I, I always applaud good legal arguments, and uh, <laughs> I think that his, 
federal public defender is doing the best she can with it. And it's actually pretty viable. So her, her argument in a nutshell is that you can't be convicted of a crime because it's not a crime just to think negative thoughts about people. Right. right. And on that, she's kind of true. So if you have ever taken for those of you who hasn't gone, who haven't gone to law school, uh, a crime has two parts. There's the mens rea, which is the mental state, the determination to do something. And then there's the actual act. (laughs) And so what she's arguing is, Hey, we don't really know. You can't really get into somebody's head to determine what their mental state is or what they are going to do. All we know is, hey, this person didn't like a list of people, right? <laughs> and it's a negative, negative thoughts about people. She's right, are not a crime. Now, that is a very good argument, probably the best that she has right now, because the stockpile of ammunition and the list and I think his proximity to where everybody was, right. she uh, <laughs> makes, makes a lot more questions. Now, is it beyond a reasonable doubt? Um, I don't know. I will say this. He was he was turned in by his uh his teammate or his his uh military personnel at the Coast Guard. So I tend to believe the military on this one. Uh <laughs> if the military is like, mm, we kind of scared, he might be crazy, that means that he's really crazy. <laughs> no, exactly. And there was a term in law school. I don't remember this, because like you said, you're talking about the you talk about the mental state, the mens rea, the actus reus. And there's sort of a, you know, there's a number of acts here, right? He's stockpiling weapons. He's looking up the information. He's putting his list together, checking it twice, you know, doing his whole right. Santa Claus thing, right? right? Right, But the question is sort of there's a point in which you have to make an act, and I forget the term here, and I'm trying to look it up really quickly, that sort of is, you know, when you cross that Rubicon, right? When you finally have gotten to the point where you're putting your plan in action, right? You don't have to actually shoot the people, thankfully, for, for you to have committed the crime, right? But you have to take an act, you know, that, that, that basically, like you said, where you cross the line where it's like you've gone past the point of no return. And the argument here is going to be, you know, putting together my Christmas list and, you know, and then buying my supplies is not exactly the act, right? I needed to have, you know, and it isn't even, by the way, even if you just, you know, you know, um, you know, map out your getaway i think it's actually you know you need to get in the car that day or you know or if you're dealing with other people you know (laughs) call uber right but you you know you have to take some definitive action and i think you know right now the judges said hey you know what we're going to hold him for 14 days but the prosecution's got 14 days to come back and make this case a little more clear otherwise i'm gonna entertain a motion right to release the guy Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hopefully they'll take all of his weapons when they do, if they have to release him, so he can be out there trying to, you know, kung fu people. Um, and that's, see that's how far he gets. Because what what basis would they have to keep his weapons if they're also going to say that he's he's not guilty and he can go free? Ah, good point. Um, I don't know. There must be a real <laughs> lawyer somewhere who could tell. And I, I imagine you could know you could you could probably you know find you know various. Um, and you know, probably, we probably don't have a rule like that. We really should have a rule that says, Hey, we think you look crazy. Uh, we just going to keep the guns for a while. You can still go to work and everything. Um, but we're going to, you know, <laughs> we're going to keep the AK 47. Um, sadly, there probably isn't such a thing and, and we'll, we'll see. Um, but you know, it's sad. I mean, and that's always the problem is, is that, you know, you really, it, it's hard to get people for thought crimes. 
for just yeah. thinking, you know, bad shit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I see both sides of the argument, but I also think that there is a compelling interest in making sure people are safe. So if this case does go around and, and you are in the Washington DC area and you are on CNN or MSNBC or just work for the government, uh, <laughs> just beware that Chris Hassan, not Chris Hansen, Chris <laughs> is after you and you need to take appropriate precautions. He's trained. He's got military service up the wazoo and he's heavily armed. So not to put any fear, but. You know, and maybe, maybe it'll be more of a thing where, you know, a mental state, you know, he's written out here. I want to kill every last person on earth. Right. So we can hold you as just a threat to yourself and others. Right. Um, but not necessarily for, you know, a murder or attempted murder. Um, I guess making terrorist threats, you know, weird part is, you know, if you made that threat to other people, say, hey, I'm going to kill you, then that's a crime in and of itself, right? Right. But just sitting around your house thinking, you know, I, I wish a motherfucker would, um, is, is not a crime and, and probably a good thing because I, I think that pretty much every morning <laughs> before I come into the office. Um, and, and I work for myself. So I, I get it. All right. But, um, <laughs> um, now, we don't know enough about this. The legal, you know, experts haven't been on TV explaining all of this to us because every moment has been uh, allocated to Jesse Watch. Yes. Yes. Nobody is caring about your safety right now because the bigger news story is Jesse Smollett may have possibly lied. Uh, likely his lie. Probably his <laughs> lie. By the way, we should probably. I'm not going to, um, but 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 maybe I I probably should play the tape from a couple weeks ago, in which a certain one of the brothers had suggested that maybe maybe <laughs> a rich millionaire black man wasn't going to go wading out into the polar vortex for a subway sandwich. I, I do not recall. The two of us <laughs> had suggested that at minute five of episode 24. You want to go look it up. But one of us had suggested the other of us was like, no, I don't want to believe it. I'm going to believe. I believe he can fly. All right. And um, it, it turns out now, let me be clear. I still don't know if he did it or if, he, if he's done what he's accused of, by the way, just to set you up depending upon when you're listening to this and it'd be better listen quickly by the way because you know the Chicago police force is moving with incredible speed here <laughs> right. in one day they announced that uh, they were going to send it for a grand jury and got an indictment that day and so the story that they're telling us is that Jussie made up the entire MAGA red hat thing never happened instead he actually hired two black men and we're talking about Nigerian. That's double black. That's four black men. All right. <laughs> Nigerians to come in and, uh, and beat him up. Oh, this, this story got bad. So, uh, you know, I was the holdout. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it. I want, I still want to believe right? that, uh, Jesse Smollett is going to find a way to get through this and we're going to all see how wrong it is. But in my defense, I do want to present a couple things. 
When the news media got involved, all of a sudden information started leaking out from the police department, but the police department refused to stand behind or support the information that was being leaked. So one of the things that came out was this concept of the the white assailants wearing MAGA hats. Right. Well, that's not true. And that wasn't what was told to the police department. Right, right. Right. So all of these things start coming out and it gets to a point where you're like, okay, well, I don't know who to believe, but I certainly know that rule number one of a police investigation is you never reveal any details about the open investigation. That's just what cops do. Um, it's frustrating for most people, but that's how it works because you don't want to discredit openly a potential victim of a crime, right? And you want to encourage victims to want to call the police to report things and not feel like there's going to be, you know, TMZ <laughs> getting, getting the scoop on what the police think before the victim actually gets a chance to know. So that was the first thing. Then you have to also appreciate that the narrative that the law enforcement was trying to put out there through these leaks was just as crazy as the narrative <laughs> that they're trying to get us to buy now as far as Jesse's motive for doing this. So they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Jesse was upset because he was going to be written off the of Empire. And then, of course, TMZ and all them, they interviewed the producers of Empire, and they're like, no, that wasn't going to happen. So the issue is, where where are they pulling this information from? Right. So I think as of today's press conference, I think they are finally starting to line up how all the evidence fits. And if there was a change, in my opinion, on Jesse, that change came because today it was revealed to us that there were not only checks <laughs> written from Jesse Smollett to these two Nigerian fellows, but also follow-up text messages. Uh, and in addition to that, just to add salt to the wound, apparently one of the guys used to sell Jesse Smollett Molly, which is... <laughs> um, you know, the trifecta for ruining credibility. Well, no, but here's the thing about it. And this is the thing that gets me is, it's like last two weeks ago, I'm sort of skeptical. Now, I want to give the brother the benefit of the doubt, still do. But a couple of things, when the police got involved in their stuff, then I started almost switching to the other side. All right. And I give a perfect example. Two things. One, all right. Uh, I find it hard to believe that, that any man under 40 is writing personal checks. All right. <laughs> now, if he told me that Jesse had, had that Jesse had, had Venmoed him, uh, you know, hit, hit him yeah, on yeah, PayPal, yeah. right? Paid him in Molly. I would it, it paid him in white woman. I get that. All right, but ain't nobody <laughs> under forty writing a. I, I can't. Even, I can't even find my checkbook. All right, so I'm a little skeptical <laughs> that maybe they 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 don't they, they fake the check. But but more importantly than that is the idea that I saw the brother get up today. All right, I love this superintendent Eddie Johnson. And Eddie, as a cop, got all black on me today and was talking about how offended he was that Jesse would mm. pretend that, um, it, you know, as a black man, uh, that, you know, he would use a symbol of white supremacy, not as a black right. man. Uh, now, the Chicago Police Department um, is killing brothers every three and a half seconds. <laughs> all right. And, and minor he, detail, minor, he, detail. minor <laughs> detail, but but he worried about Jesse 
wearing a necktie that you know that, that look like a symbol of white supremacy when he he is the symbol of white supremacy, Eddie. <laughs> and, and, and the thing that killed me was he was out there crowing, and they you know, they had they didn't just have Eddie out there. They had you know the deputy chief, the guy, the the guy who 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 keeps the police cars uh, working, uh, the the janitor, the the mailman, the receptionist had a whole panoply of people out there, and they were proud of this legal work they did because it took three right. weeks to find out that Justin hadn't told the truth. Now, October two thousand fourteen. An officer kills Laquan McDonald with 16 shots. Okay. First of all, mm-hmm. how many guns he got? I don't even know how you get 16 shots out of a gun. But anyway, he kills the brother. And then it takes a year, not three weeks, a year to get the dash cam video. Now they find a video of this, these two brothers, Nigerian brothers in a store, right? Out in the suburbs. Right. In, in three weeks, but they can't find the dash cam video on the goddamn dashboard of the car that they're driving <laughs> in for a year. Then it takes three more years to try the cop and get him convicted. Jesse, Jesse will be convicted uh, before the end of Black History Month. Right. <laughs> and I start thinking, wait a minute, now, this is amazing because we need to this is what we need to do from now on. We need to start pretending like the cops have shot somebody because they will investigate okay. that. They ain't investigating when they actually shoot somebody. Botham Jean. Remember Botham? Brother right. Botham in, 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 uh, in Dallas? Yeah. White woman breaks into, I'm sorry, cop breaks into his apartment uh, in, 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 and looks around, sees pictures of his family, his furniture, and thinks I live here, shoots the brother as an intruder. Ah, <laughs> oh, so sad. It takes more than seventy-two hours for them to even interview her and say, "Hey, uh, by the way, why did you shoot that black man?" Right. And six months later, not only has she, you know, has she not had a court appearance, but they haven't even said decided where they're gonna have the trial, when, what century. She out there living her best life ever. She out there vacationing with, with Michelle and, and, and Brock on a catamaran somewhere. <laughs> and she done killed a black man in his own home. His own but house. he didn't, he didn't lie. He, but he, what the problem is, is, is this is, this is the difference though. She didn't do nothing heinous, like pretend like somebody with a MAGA hat might be a racist. <laughs> Yeah, man. And and of course, you know who was the first person up this morning with a tweet about it. Your good old President Trump. <laughs> it's like, look, you're trying to you're trying to disrespect the millions of people who are my guys. And I'm sitting there like, aren't you lying to us every day? Don't you every day. <laughs> look, I love this. He got up at the State of the Union and pulled a hundred Jesse's because he went out and told all these stories. Of all the horrible things that that, that Mexican Americans or Mexicans or you know, immigrants had done to white folks, right, right, but and, and said he said, think about it. Friday he said it's a national emergency that we got to stop all these brown people from killing right. white folks. He right. declared a national emergency. Jesse said two white people were wrong. He need to go to jail. Trump need to get a second term. Right, right. 
Yeah, now, 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 let me tell you two things I found. A couple of things that was upsetting to me because you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on something now. Um, I, 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 two things. Um, one, um, my wonderful, beautiful white allies. Normally love, love my brothers and sisters. Um, but, but, but y'all have lost your minds. Um, I have heard this thing a hundred times that uh, Jesse was racist. Because he made a false allegation against white people. Uh, this mm. is the I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say about me bounces off and sticks to you line of theory, of, of, of thinking. Right. That if I call you a racist, it means that I'm one. Uh, no, that's not how racism works. See, 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 Jesse, if I falsely say, uh, that, 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 that you actually a white man, uh, that doesn't make me a white man. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's not how it, it 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 works in life. So who did Jesse um you know denigrate with this false accusation? Because I I would think it would be racist if a white person had said that two black people attacked them. But in this case, what Jesse said was not even that two random people attacked him. But according to the you know thing we have is that they said it's MAGA country. He said that basically not all white people are doing this. Just two random white people who just happen to be known for a small amount of racism. It would be like saying that the Klan attacked me and then white people going, you made it a racist a statement. No, that's <laughs> what the Klan does. That's right. what MAGA people do. And so what anything he's just, he's guilty of is being a MAGAist. All right. Being right. A, a prejudice against MAGA people. And you know who else is? Me. <laughs> <laughs> because Dr. King taught us you judge people what not by the color of their skin but the content of their character and the MAGA people the have no their character <laughs> alright and the they, color they, of their hat thank you and the color of their <laughs> hat is what Dr. King should have said alright <laughs> you wearing a, a hat alright you wearing a clan outfit alright I'm going to assume alright that, that, uh, that, that you know this ain't Target Sometimes you go into Target and you unfortunately, you know, unintentionally dress like you work there, right? You wear some khakis and a red shirt. Next thing you know, you know, you on aisle seven stocking. Right. right. Um, but, but, but no, no, no. The manga had, uh, you don't get that at, at that foot locker. You got to go out your way to get that. All right. And so as a result of that, um, no, no, you, you know, you definitely are, if you're not a, like a racist, uh, you racist adjacent. <laughs> Well, I think I got two big takeaways from this situation. So uh, takeaway number one is it's funny to see how hard people want to condemn Jesse Smollett. But uh, Ryan Lochte, who lied at the Olympics about they put a gun to my head and, and they told me to get in the back of the trunk uh, and all that stuff in Brazil. Uh, when he got home, he gets his reality show and has an ordinary great life. So that's that's point number one. We we have a very different way of thinking about liars, depending <laughs> on how this goes down. Right. And um, you know, for point number two, what is not lost on me is we just finished talking about Chris Hassan. This guy was getting ready to kill a whole bunch of people uh-huh. allegedly in the Washington D.C. area, and of course, the president lives in Washington D.C. You would think the president is going to have a comment about that to say, hey, you know, glad we caught this domestic terrorist. You know, this is not what America is about. We hear radio silence from the president about this guy, right? 
But Jesse Smollett is the first thing on his mind in the morning. And I think that just goes to the fact, and this is kind of the frustration that black people have and while we're looking for the candidate of our choice to run this election. Trump has changed the rules to a point where stuff that should matter doesn't even matter anymore. Bam. What matters is the things that he can exploit to make folks who want to be racist anyway feel comfortable being racist. Right? <laughs> so, like, that's, that's it. Like, you know, you wanted to, maybe you were like, eh, I want to be racist, but I live in Newark, New Jersey, and <laughs> it's not safe for me to do that. So Trump's like, go ahead, do it. In the prophecy of your own home, do it. Burn the cross. Do it. <laughs> and they're like, ah, I feel empowered now. I'm going to vote for that Trump guy again. That's what we're afraid of. So, <laughs> so like, Fair enough. But here's the thing about it is, is that, you know, and I think we get confused and, you know, it, it, or there's always this confusion that says, well, you know, the MAGA, we understand you wear the uniform, you're, you're racist. But I had a couple people coming at me like, look, you know, well, I'm from Chicago. I knew it was a lie because, you know, he said this is MAGA country and, and we're not, you know, like that. I knew that what he, you know, and that's what they man adjusted. He besmirched our good name. Now, let me tell you the funny thing about it is, yeah, Chicago might not have a lot of people running around with, with red hats, um, but they got, uh, but they live in MAGA life. Uh, the incarceration <laughs> rate for brothers is still twice as for white people. Uh, it, it's MAGA time up in Chicago. The unemployment mm-hmm. rate for black people is still probably two to three times what it is for white people. It's MAGA right. time. Uh, the poverty rate is MAGA time. Don't give me this whole thing because you're not wearing the red hats that brothers are still, that you all right. And by the way, Chicago is such a wonderful place that Jesse besmirched. It's the only place that I've ever been robbed. <laughs> as a grown man and I mean strong arm Robbie I'll I tell you what happened I'm in Chicago 3 in the morning it's kind of a Jesse story I decide that I'm going to go and get me some 7-Eleven there's one kitty corner right across the street now you say first of all let me tell you it was a summer it wasn't a polar vortex and I don't have a million dollars alright I'm a thousandaire okay. so I got to walk across the street All right, if I want something to eat at 3 in the morning <laughs> I get halfway across the street little tiny white guy is in my face and he's like, hey, sir, got to, you know, I guess he's from the welcoming committee. He says, I want to, um, you know, buy your treats for you, for, for you in the 7-Eleven. I'm thinking, wow, they're very hospitable here. He says, well, I'm going to use my EBT card and then you can give me the cash value of it. Okay. Now, normally I don't mind committing welfare fraud. It's a fun thing to do. <laughs> But not at three in the morning. It's just not bad, bad for your digestion. I try to explain to him, hey, you know, meet me in the morning. We'll do, you know, we we'll go to a couple stores and do some welfare fraud. We we'll go to Whole Foods if you want to. Uh, he looks at me and he's like, I don't have to hurt anybody up in here. All right. And, and, and so now I'm, you know, got one of those situations. I'm like, this, this dude's just threatening me. Now, Jesse, you, you, you relate to this so well. All right. I now have to go into, and there's some white people, if you're listening, close your ears right now. Don't listen. But, <laughs> but Jesse knows that all black people have a, um, a playbook. You know, you don't get to live to be 50 years old as a black man because you don't have rules and, and, right, and strategies, right, right. right? And so I'm, I'm not going to tell him the name of the playbook, but on page 91, we have something called audible intercessory prayer. <laughs> and so Jesse knows what I'm talking about. The way it works is you close your eyes and you say, Lord, don't let me kill this little white man. Please, Lord. I just got out of jail. I don't want to kill another little white man. Please, Lord, don't let me kill him. Normally, when you open your eyes, the little white man is gone. 
this little white boy is right in my face. He's like, oh, man, you just got out of jail? Me too. <laughs> so you know what my 6'4", 250-pound black self did? I reached in my pocket, gave him a $20 bill, and said, you have a good night. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Because I don't know about you, but uh, I found out that there's no MMA title for whooping a homeless drug addict in front of 7-Eleven at 3 a.m. in Chicago. (laughs) You don't get a belt for that. Uh, So I just went ahead and took the L. But the point is, is that that never happened to me in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas. All right, so I don't want to hear anything about how wonderful Chicago is. White people rob me in Chicago. That's how bad Chicago is, all right, <laughs> without a gun. So don't even tell me that Chicago is this wonderful place where you shouldn't be scared of nobody. You need to be scared of everybody in Chicago. Well, I mean, Chicago is very open about the fact that it is a city that uh, Al Capone called home and pretty much <laughs> built up. So, you know, it's not exactly Bethlehem. It's, uh, and then on top of that, We've we've got uh the the mayor there was trying to sell a Senate seat or uh <laughs> no, the whole no, 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 not the mayor. Uh, the governor. The governor. And by the way, let's let's close the circle. When he went to jail, uh his his roommates were the three past governors. <laughs> they got a whole governor wing in a prison <laughs> in uh, Joliet. All right. So don't act like, you know, and by the way, and little Jesse Jr. was in there too. I mean, they had a whole political wing in there, right? Um, so, you know, don't act like, you know, that, that, that somehow Jesse has besmirched uh, y- y- your city. And I, we love Chicago. Right? We got f- f- fans there and we appreciate having love you. Chicago. Although we ain't gonna let you over because you, know, you might rob us. But the point is, <laughs> is don't act like that. The last thing about Jesse was crazy is then, so I saw this toward the end of the day, and I love, you know, this is a funny thing about black people. Immediately, I did the same thing. I hear about it, I don't even think about it. I run right to Facebook, right? You ain't gonna, right. you know, you shamed on you, the brother, you know, how dare you do it? And then I kind of thought about it a little while later and was like, damn. Polar Vortex? Really? Damn, Justin, that's, that's some good-ass subway. And, you know, but, but but immediately my reaction was, you know, don't you dare. And so most black people were on Team Jesse, all right? And then right. we start sort of slowly peeling off, right, as the evidence or the lack of evidence confirmation start coming in, et cetera. And right. the thing that's crazy is I now got black people on my Facebook feed that have gone full, full uh, Breitbart on it. Jesse need to go to jail forever. Jesse has ruined blackness. Blackness was great until 2019, January 29th, when Jesse ruined. I'm not kidding. I had one sister say that Jesse had spit on Emmett Till's grave. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. No, she didn't. Yes, she did. Now, no, now, she did. Now, and now, as a black elder, and this is the only difference between Jesse and I. I'm a little older than him, and so he doesn't have this status yet. I'm going to go ahead and make a black elder call here and tell black people, people, uh, stop it. All right? <laughs> this is 2019. It's in 1819. All right? right? We're not going to be running around here like, like, like runaway slaves. All right? Ooh, you done done it now, Jesse. You done done it now. <laughs> Jesse ain't done nothing. It didn't cost anybody any money. Nobody went to jail. All right. That old white lady who 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 said Emmett Till had whistled at her and got him killed, uh, she ain't get indicted this week. Yeah, she live in Raleigh. She's not too far from us. Uh-huh. We were trying to get a coalition of people together to go <laughs> knock on 
her door at least introduce themselves. But uh, nope, ain't yeah. nobody doing that. Matter of fact, her neighbors uh, 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 shoveled her snow uh, <laughs> last week. They they taking good care of Miss Molly. All right, yeah. so I don't want to hear anything about how Jesse has ruined it. Jesse is ours, and I'm, I'm making a black OG call. We keeping Jesse. All right, Jesse can come to the cookout. Jesse got right. a plate. He gonna get just like we can get some ribs and, and some greens. Uh, he can, we throw a couple Subway sandwiches. All right. On there if you want to, Jesse. All right. We, we get you some Subway. We don't care. We'll put greens in the Subway <laughs> for you. All right. We know you love your Subway. We don't care, Jesse. You ours. And the bottom line is this 38 year old boy. And that, that's how that you ain't 40. You, you still a boy in my group. My man, my, my you know, it deserve a second chance. I'm looking at a website mm-hmm. right now. Ryan Lochte. Okay. Not only he get a second chance, he got an endorsement. Right. I'm looking at here a company called Debt.com. It says when life happens, when you need a second chance because you lied about the Brazilians putting you, keeping you at gunpoint, right. come to, come to our lion spokesman place. Now, if this fool can get an endorsement, I know that Jussie should be able to get at least on Celebrity Family Feud. Yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like this is not unforgivable. If 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 it turns out that it all's going sideways, I'd much rather him come out, admit what happened, apologize, and then just say, you know, I'm gonna take some time for myself to work on what you know what I need to work <laughs> on. I, I mean, I would be cool with that. Like mistakes happen, people do stupid stuff, and this is a really stupid thing. Right. I'm more upset that he spent his own money. To get beat up, like it's <laughs> more upsetting to me, because uh, you know I would have done that, you know, and probably for a little cheaper. And <laughs> you know, I could use an extra thirty five hundred dollars for here and there. So, um, anyways, I think the the bigger issue and the bigger story here is if you're going to do dirt, a don't use checks. <laughs> like, don't, use checks. Don't, don't buy. Don't buy cocaine on on a personal check. <laughs> um, B, uh, don't send follow up text messages. <laughs> it's probably better to you know. I, I don't know how people haven't seen the wire yet, but yeah, you make uh, painful calls for that one. Uh, <laughs> and lastly, um, you know, if it's a situation where you just want it's a contract dispute with your boss and you just want some more money or more attention or whatnot. Try to evaluate kind of where you are right now because they say he was making like sixty five thousand dollars per episode. Episode, like, oh, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the respect that I deserve. Like, whoa, whoa! A lot of us ain't out here making sixty five thousand a year. So that's like, <laughs> like, let's, let's relax. You, know, you can always take on another show. You know, you get exactly. another. Part. <laughs> be, be like Steve Harvey and go ahead and, and two, four, five shows. Right, Steve Harvey would do everything. By the way, Steve Harvey's doing my, my son's Sweet 16 party uh, in two weeks. Steve Harvey don't care. All right? So do that. Just work harder. Yeah, he, he said it's not about integrity for him. It's about the money. <laughs> By the way, can, can we talk about that for a second? Yes. Because yes. I've been seeing Steve Harvey get roasted all week. And by the way, the, the, the long short of it, for those of you who actually have lives, let me explain what happened. Steve, Monique went on Steve Harvey's talk show. And they're friends, and Monique was a little butthurt because, you know, Steve Harvey didn't help her with the boycott of Netflix, because mm-hmm. black people love some Netflix. All right. 
I don't think black people would have would would have boycotted Netflix if their mama, all right, had not been paid, right? And they were not going, you know, boycott Netflix. But the point is, she got mad. She was a little upset and kind of talking to Steve in person, person. And Steve was like, "Look, you know, you handled it wrong." And they got into this whole thing about integrity. And mm-hmm. and Steve was saying, and this is the thing that cracked me up is Steve said to Monique, "Look, I was with you until you told Oprah Winfrey." Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels to suck your blank. And by the way, not the part she has. Right, right. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that if it if integrity requires you to tell the three most powerful black people in Hollywood uh to suck your blank, uh I I'm not gonna have a lot of integrity. i'm not gonna tell the uber driver to suck my blank at least not until i get to where i'm supposed to go all right (laughs) how you gonna sit there and by the way this wasn't no private conversation this was in on on the stage where she got there and told the world I don't know about you, but people have been like you know like yeah steve harvey don't stand for integrity i don't know that is that's ignorant yeah, I mean, I've, I've had my fair share of issues with Monique and, and you know, her management. I think Monique is immensely talented. Mm-hmm. I do think that she doesn't get the money that she probably deserves, but I also think a lot of that is based on her management. And I think that she she doesn't get the money she deserves because people know that when they don't give her what she wants, then things like this happen where uh, she, she goes out her way to do this. So I think what, what I would have appreciate it. And Monique, if you're listening, we, I, I love you. I would appreciate if you had just said, you know what? That's fine. If y'all don't want to work with me, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to take the 500,000 that you give me. I'm going to kill it. And then I'm going to design my own production, do my own shows, do my own thing, get my own money and show you the value. So next time you come asking me, it ain't going to be no more question about how much I'm going to get. Like I'm, I'm getting 8 million off rip just for having a conversation. So and, and I think Monique can do that. I think she has the talent to do that. My problem with Monique has always been you expect everybody to fight a battle that's not everybody's battle. <laughs> so like you telling me to boycott Netflix, like you better have a damn good reason why you to boycott Netflix. I come home from a hard day's work. And if I'm not watching a football or a basketball game, I'm watching Netflix. This is my joy. It costs me $10 a month, and I'm able to make sure that my entire family can watch Netflix. And let's be clear, Netflix (laughs) has been killing it. They had Bird Box. Right, black Absolutely. people running around black, but with blindfolds. We, we were doing cosplay. <laughs> yeah. We the last time you seen black people doing cosplay. We were all around, right. around, around Christmas, just you know, around the house, just just blindfolds on, right? Right. We got to see the Fry Festival or the Fire Festival. The Fire Festival, yep. The, Shout out to Andy crazy King. story <laughs> about, uh, about the crazy Mormon people. Um, what was that? Abducted in plain sight. Oh my god! Oh, man, I hate those love people. Ah, oh, I love the show. Hate the people. But <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that that's good for 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 black man spirit. To see some white people right, right. that crazy. All right, <laughs> I, I don't care how how even how frustrated we are with Jesse, we know Jesse ain't done nothing that crazy. All right, so Absolutely. you know it, it's like that's just good for our spirit. Monique gonna have to offer a lot more than her skinny bitch comedy. 
which is basically all right. it is. It's a joke about skinny women um, as if that's a problem. Um, and, and so the, the bottom line is, is like, but another fact that, you know, what Steve Harvey was getting just lambasted. And one of the things that was showing this clip he had in which Steve Harvey had been talking to Michael Clark Duncan. And Michael Clark Duncan, just after he did a Green Mile, right? Got the, you know, he's a big time actor. Everybody's excited. He's in the Steve Harvey studio and Steve says, what you doing next? And Steve Harvey says, I, and Michael Clark Duncan says, I'm doing Planet of the Apes. And, and Steve Harvey's like, oh, that's, we got to go to commercial. And he's disgusted. Like, you're going to get right. up there and play an ape. You, you already, you know, done this great role and whatever. And so he's disgusted. He's saying, I want to throw him out to the studio, but that's a big brother, right? You can't throw him. You ain't throwing Michael Clark out of nowhere, right? You're going to have to, you know, ask him very politely to leave. And so he's, you know, finishing the rest of the interview. He says, by the way, you know, get he disgusted. How much are you getting paid to this? And Michael Clark Duncan says to him, look, dog, I wouldn't tell anybody but you this, but they're paying me $10 million. Okay. And that's what Steve Harvey <laughs> says, uh, for $10 million, I'd be the best damn monkey they ever seen. <laughs> they wouldn't have to put me in makeup, costume. I would show up to the rehearsal. <laughs> Wearing the Gucci turtleneck. <laughs> Gucci turtleneck. <laughs> and, and he did this whole thing about it. People are like, yo, Steve ain't got no integrity. Um, $10 million. <laughs> Every one of us, all right, we'll put we'll put on the monkey suit for ten million dollars. <laughs> Monique is mad that they only offered her fifty thousand, five hundred thousand to put on right. the suit. All right, and and so the idea, you know, that the the integrity, and don't get me wrong, you know, I got my own issues with Steve Harvey because I'm still not quite over the fact that he showed up at Trump Tower. <laughs> all right, you know, we we gonna have to work that out, man, man, at some point, you know, because Steve and I hang out like that all the time, right? Um, he care about what I think, obviously. Right. That way, that's way different, though, you know, than than than, than oh, how you gonna tell Oprah to suck anything, yeah. Oprah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think Stedman does that. That's that's I would, I would curse out the mob before I mess with Oprah. Like, what is wrong with you, Oprah? And she did it all one swoop. Him, her, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels. Exactly. And, and I'm like, I mean, you were trying, and like you said, that's what I mean. It's like Monique does stuff, talented or not, where you just can't get away with that. I give you a great example. My son works in my company now very happy about that all right but the day he comes in here and says daddy suck my blah 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 uh that's the day his ass drives <laughs> ain't nowhere in the world you're gonna work for me even as my son all right, the guy right. take over the company and you don't tell me to see i'm like who does that what adult does that type of stuff you're right right are you right man i i i don't know and i and i thought maybe through my facebook uh, posts and stuff she would have caught on earlier and you know, <laughs> curb because she was headed in a bad direction. I was like, you know, it's not exactly that Netflix isn't paying black women. I mean, there are tons of black women on Netflix getting big checks. Right. I think it's more so about you haven't you haven't done anything relevant recently. So take take it as an opportunity and come back and show these people how great you are. And let's make it work. But I guess she felt some kind of way. And then she threw Amy Schumer in it somehow. And I'm like, yeah, but your demographic ain't Amy Schumer demographic. You know, and and, even Amy Schumer, to her credit, you know, she got paid, but she didn't get paid Chris Rock 
right? Um, you yeah. know, money, the money, you know, because basically what happens is Chris Rock, um, Kevin Hart, and Dave Chappelle got $20 million, a special. Right. And so Monique's like, well, maybe I don't get 29, maybe I get 19. And they were like, uh, try half a million, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> and she took umbrage at that. And, you know, you know, it, first of all, you know, what ever happened to negotiation? I don't know about you, but, you know, I came in, right? You know, I come in, I, I have my life is a lot like Monique's where I get paid per speech and they come in and make a negotiation. And I, I, I quoted a number this week, just this week. And they said, Ooh, that's too much. Do you think I said, I suck my dick? No. <laughs> I said, well, how about uh, that minus 2,000? Like, <laughs> how do you not, like, my, your counter offer cannot be blow me. That just is right. not, <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'll take your counter. I wasn't going to do the original, but no, no, now I do. Right, right. That that's not going to be effective. And the fact that I'm telling you, Monique ain't 16. It's a grown woman. And, and I just want to put out, you know, the, the root of this whole issue. And it's not, I mean, to be honest, you know, Oprah and Tyler Perry just called, you know, side spray because it wasn't really even for them. It's about Lee Daniels. So she she's upset because in the movie Precious, which did really well, and she did really good as Precious's abusive mom. Um, in, in that movie, uh, she had t- taken her contract and negotiated a certain price that assumed that she would not be doing any kind of promotional uh, interviews. Mm. And that's not really apparently how the industry works. Like if you do a movie, you're expected to go promote. And my thing is that's not really a, a, let's get mad at people think that's a negotiation thing. I would think good management knows how the movie industry works. So they're going to tell you, Hey, we need to negotiate for more before you sign on because you got to do all these promotions and you're going to have to come out of pocket unless you've made a special allowance in the contract to get that. And I feel like in her husband managing her and him not knowing that it caused her to have to operate at a loss because she didn't get a lot of money. Plus she didn't have anything for the incentives and the movie did well. She ended up getting nominated for the Academy Award. Like, I mean, and, and it's, I mean, it, it sucks. But it's a learning experience, and it's like, okay, now I know better. I'm going to do better, and now my price just went up. It's just how normal exactly, people. Well, no, and, that, and that's. I mean, I got to tell you, I can't tell you the number of times this has happened to me, you know, especially you know when you're you know just coming up, right? Where I you know thought I was doing something, quoted a price, and mm-hmm. found out later that you know they paid the last guy. I literally had this happen to me once. I quoted a, a price, you know. Just a small price. Found out the year before they had me, they had Rudy, like from the movie Rudy. All right, I looked yeah. at his price. His price like three times what mine was. Did yeah. I go back and tell people to suck all this and your mother and your mother? <laughs> no, I said okay. I I realized I didn't know what I was doing last time. I'm gonna check next time to make sure to see what speaker they had before me, so I know about mm-hmm. the range of the budgets they have. Right, yeah. but I'm not mad at them. I'm certainly not saying they should have. I should have quoted the price. They should have said, no, 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 Sean, we're going to pay you three times what you asked for because you don't know no better. That's right. a learning experience, right? And the fact that, by the way, here's the thing is, like sometimes, you know, unless you, you know, if you, if you had, you know, maybe you married better and had a good manager, um, then maybe you know that. But, but even if you didn't, like if you learn this on your own, that's, you know, how do I say this? You know, that's the cost, right? That, that's the education, right? You know, sometimes right. you get your education in the classroom. 
right? You pay, you get a student loan for it. And sometimes you get your education that way, right? You might with a missed, right. you know, payday and that's fine. You know, I'm not mad at them. You know, I'm just, I, you know, I certainly can't imagine, you know, coming back the next year with, you know, <laughs> and by the way, like you said, not just cursing them out, but cursing out three or four other clients sitting sit next to them. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, you know, you can have integrity, um, but integrity shouldn't require you to tell anybody to perform a sex act on you. And you ain't even got the equipment, by the way, if they wanted to. So, come on. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, hopefully that was a good conversation and it got her on the right direction to, I don't know. I mean, I mean. Well, now I think so because you know a lot of people have been saying you know and and, and, you know, and here's the thing about you know Monique and 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 I totally get this because this is this is most people especially you know a talented person you know she didn't come out of that conversation thinking oh Steve was right right mm. normally yeah. and this is I think everybody is that you know what you have to at least this with me is is that you know I will eventually come to around and realize oh man you know what they had a good point. That's usually about seven years after you tell it to me. Right? <laughs> okay. But it's going to be a little while at first, right? You don't think she went on that show thinking, I could be wrong here. She had set up her stuff, was like ready to go for bear, you know, so she thought, so I'm sure right now, as of today, she's thinking, yeah, Steve Harvey, a sellout, right? He got 400 TV shows, but, 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 you know, I got integrity. But I imagine that over time, you know, when she, when, 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 you know, she back at Costco shopping, that she will say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe he knows something." Right. Because and no, I don't think Steve Harvey does everything right. But um, you know, but but you got to be grown about stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And so, you know, that's, but anyway, we're not going to get on, you know, I can't believe we got kind of sidetracked. I don't want to get on the, on the Monique because, because quite frankly, you know, I don't know about you, but, but, uh, uh I need sisters. Um, and so, I, you know, I can't have every sister in America mad at me. Um, <laughs> I can't even really live with one sister mad at me. So I know I can't, I can't have all of them. So if you're mad at me, sisters, I'm, I'm sorry. And, uh, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll suck your dick. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. All right? I apologize. <laughs> Pray for me. I was just going to say you would vote for Michelle when Michelle decides to run for president. Well, I, I'm, I'm a dude. You know me. I'm voting. Well, by the way, unless Michelle changed her name to Donald J. Trump, all right, <laughs> I'm voting for her. But I'm also voting for Jesse if he, if he get the nomination. I'm basically voting for any Democrat <laughs> whose name ain't Donald J. Trump. So unless Donald Jr. wins Democratic nomination, I'm voting for whoever the party picks. That makes sense. I'm with and, you. And, but also, that's why, like, you know, a lot of people, I think, are getting, like, at this point, you know, they're picking their favorites and I would never vote for this person. And I'm like, why are you going to put yourself in that position? Right. Just, you know, wait until it all shakes out because you're going to vote right. for whoever we pick anyway. So just. Do yourself right. a favor and not have to eat that crow later. Right. And don't and don't get trumped up by the pseudo Democrats who are really Trump supporters in disguise. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't do that. Uh because they'll be the same ones that are organized a women's march through DC the week after his inauguration. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I the sad part though is unless we get excited about somebody, you know, is it you know I think it's a fairly decent chance uh, that he wins a second term. 
Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. It. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I ain't worried about it, you know, because I already got me a piece of property in, in, in Costa Rica picked out. <laughs> I got the internet. I find something. I can do my seminars on the internet. We can do podcasts from from Costa Rica, man. Hey, man, that works. That works. I keep waiting for Robert Mueller, and he keeps delaying, delaying, delaying. You know darn well. We'll talk about this next week, but you know darn well we are not going to ever see that report. <laughs> you got a better chance of going in your mama's purse than the oh, internet. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, white people listening. Uh, the only thing you can <laughs> never do as a black man, as a black, as any person, boy, girl, whatever, is go in your mama's purse. Right. I don't care, by the way, if your mama, you know, has been stung by a bee and you need to go in, right, and get her EpiPen. Uh, mama, right, right. Die, uh, you are not going in mama's purse. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway people hey thanks so much uh for for joining us we will see you next time hopefully hopefully in the time we come back again um that there'll be another story in the news besides jesse hopefully and and for all of you who have listened we appreciate the comments continue to put the comments up on itunes and uh keep us growing so we can expand uh, also, if you haven't done so already, find us on Facebook and all social media at Brothers in Law. That's B R U T H A S in Law, L A W. Thanks a lot, everybody. All right, take it easy.